Only one time I've let that music go without some kind of noise. It just puts me in my mode. <laughs> Welcome everybody to episode 27 of our weekly podcast known as the Hempathletic Podcast. That's such a cool name, Hempathletic, dude. That's awesome. I love it. It took me a lot of time to think about that. So in, in guest today, we have a really awesome guest. I'm not going to hold back. Uh, I met this guest uh, actually doing research for my podcast. So he works with a woman, Katrina Lee, who I've had on a previous episode, and I wanted to go see her taping of her radio show to see maybe if I could use that studio for my podcast and to learn a little bit about podcasting. And her co-host was this gentleman who made me laugh right away, <laughs> blew into the studio like one second before the episode was to start. I'm like, what's going on here? He owned the studio in like one second later, and every time I've seen him, I've laughed, smiled, and he is just an awesome soul. Uh, so Oz, welcome to the show. Please tell everybody your full name, Oz, and, and we will give you lots of kudos. Here, uh, dude, I appreciate all the puppet. kind words, man. Thank you very much. I really appreciate that. Glad I make you smile. Glad I can make everybody laugh, man. That's, that's really cool. Hemflat.com. Absolutely love it. Loved having you in the studio. It's you're, it's very rare. You find somebody that you can actually like vibe and bounce ideas off because I see the way your head works and it's a lot like mine, but like you'll have an idea, but like you have four or five other categories of ideas are going and it's like a rotating graph of like things that happen to line up and don't happen to line up, you, you know, and then you'll get that one thing where it just, it lines up perfectly and you're like, bam, hempathetic or like, it just, I see where your head works and I, and I dig it, man, for sure. So I work with some guys that are a little more straight laced, right? And they don't know what to get of me yet because I'll, because <laughs> I'm everywhere, right? Like right. I'll be, we'll all be talking about one subject in a room and something will dawn on me that I got to remember, Hey, I got to do this for that project <laughs> for sure. and I'll bring it up right to that second. And they'll look at me like, where the hell did that come from? I'm like, well, take advantage because my head processes fast, but sometimes it's at awkward times. Right. Really Sorry. awkward times. Yeah. Uh, Billy Slocum over at one night, he's like, dude, there needs to be a TV show on just how your freaking brain works. Cause we'll be talking and like, I don't know that I drift off and I'm sitting there like looking at a wall, like just in like nine different places. And he's like, what, what, what just happened, bro? I'm like, ah, man, I'm sorry. <laughs> Are you a lefty? I'm not a lefty. I'm a righty. But uh, my parents told me that I was originally a lefty, but they switched me over to right. They trained me when I was from a young age to use my right hand. And that is common that nuns way back in the day, way before me and this gentleman, they used to hit people who were left-handed um, nuns because when lefties write on the paper, most people don't know this, um, their hand trails on the paper so the ink oh, spreads on their hands. Yep. So I used to, as a kid, used to get ink on my pinky finger <laughs> and my forefinger, right? Yep. Because I couldn't keep my hand raised behind the ink. So that's why nuns actually would hit people because went back in the day with ink and feathers or whatever. Right, the quote. It was right. smear. It was smear. That makes complete sense. You know what? And uh, it, it might... I might be wrong, I might be right, but there isn't the life expectancy different for lefties and righties? That's a great question. That's If my Bob was here in the, with this episode, I'd make him research <laughs> that right now, but I'm going to find that out. That's a good no question. Doubt. And is left-handers longer or shorter? I think it might be shorter. I think it's because like, I'm right-handed. I'm like, oh, that's why they told me to write with my, my right hand. So I'm like, Dude, I'm right trying right. to justify bad parenting in my past. You know what I'm saying? Like, why do they make me do that? <laughs> Maybe that's why. Yeah, that's why, Oz. Oh, I believe it. All right, Oz, how do you say your full name completely right? Because yeah. I didn't want to say it and have it wrong, your no, last name. it's all good. My real name is actually Uskan. I'm Turkish. Oh, my parents are both from Turkey. I'm first generation. I was raised Muslim. That didn't go good for anybody. I had bacon <laughs> once, and it was just, it was a wrap after that one, man. Man. 
dude, I'm the first one in line for Rib Fest every year. And it's so bad. Like, I respect the religion. There's some some parts of it are, that are beautiful. And, but it's just the whole organized religion thing is never really suited my palate. Like, I've learned about Judaism. I learned about Christianity, Catholicism. I love the basic idea of all the religions because they're all the same. Love thy neighbor. Do good shit. You know, just basic stuff, you know? Values and morals. That's it. Just be a good person. Do more good than you do bad. And it's basically the same thing through all the major religions. And like, what are you guys all fighting over? You're all supposed to be nice to each other, bro. Like, it makes no sense. So... I've always been that man that like have always tried to be more generous than people giving to me. And you know, you get in certain times of your life where you can be like that more often than not. Right. Uh, but I'm at a point now where I definitely feel like I can be, and I'm actually saying it to people like I, I want to be more generous than I get because I feel giving more than you get is going to result. So what getting what Dude, you need. That's right? it, man. Because you make that more, more energy out there, the more good energy, more positive energy that you're, you're, you're putting out there. You're going to get way more back. You're nice to five people. That's five people that were nice to five people who are now being, nice to five people you just made just by smiling saying what's up to somebody you know for my everybody puts those like charities and causes on facebook where you can donate to for my birthday i think that's whack for my birthday what i want people to do is be good to people do one kind deed to somebody don't post about it don't write about it don't talk about it do something good and just walk away nothing else even if it's a smile to a stranger holding a door for my birthday from everybody that knows me everybody hears me do one good thing april 5th April 5th, one good deed. But the biggest component of that is something that I preach. You don't have to tell somebody that you did it. You just do it because it feels good. Right, 100%. Just put some good energy out there for anybody, somebody. You never know who's having a bad day. So you were born and raised in Rochester? I was born and raised in Rochester, New York. Where did you go to school? Arcadia, Odyssey, and Olympia. All right, I'm a Katie grad, so now oh, I see no doubt, no doubt. Is. Yeah, so we're both Greece. So we, we both grew up in the Greece, same town, West I'm sure, side. a couple hour, hours away, but yeah, or a couple of years away from each other at least. So I, sure. I'm 47. I just had my 47th birthday. Um, Happy birthday. You, you were at you Club helped, One. Yeah, you, so he Yo. helped celebrate my birthday a little bit with me Saturday night. He was so nice, him and DJ Keo. Hell yeah, Keo kills it, man. He's such a dope DJ. He's always got so much energy. But for your birthday, if you you might not believe me, but I'm telling you facts right now, Brian's got some moves on a dance floor. I seen it. I'm like, what? Like, I stopped for a second. I'm just going about my little club life, you know, doing my thing, talking to everybody, making sure they're good, the VIP is okay. And I see Brian, and I'm like, no. Is he really busting out right now? Oh my God, get it. He is crushing it right now. So yeah, yeah, but in Rochester, my dancing is just not appreciated. Oz, can you please help put perspective on this for me? Why is it that I have so problems finding a dance partner? What, what's my issue, Oz? Please give me good perspective because oh, my my partners think I should come out of the closet because I'm gay. I'm obviously not because I love women. So so what's my problem, Oz? Please give me your perspective mm. and kill me if you have to. I'm good with it. <laughs> You're my perspective on this. You know, I I, I think that. It's it's more of like what you're doing at the club. If you go to a club surrounded by a couple, two, three pretty women, and it looks like you're something uh, in, in need, you know what I'm saying, like somebody want, wants to talk to you and there's girls talking to you, it makes another girl stop. And like, I could look like a complete bum, but if I'm talking to three pretty girls, one of her decent-looking friends are going to walk by and be like, why are they talking to him? You know, it just it doesn't make any sense. Rochester is a weird place. Have you done a lot of traveling? I've done a pretty good amount of travel. I think I've hit almost every state except like the northeast side here in this country. I've been to Turkey once. Um, yeah, that's about it. Can- Canada, yeah. So your parents are right from Turkey? Turkey, yes, sir. Yeah. So, so explain the dynamics in your household with that. Oh, I'm bro. Curious. 
listen, my dad is one of the nicest, sweetest, non-judgmental, like kind-hearted, salt-of-the-earth type people on the planet. Just a sweetheart of a dude. My mom is nuts. She is bananas. Like, when I meet a girl, I'm like, oh, man, I can't wait for my mom to freaking hate you. This is perfect. <laughs> Just, there is, she is insane, but she loves the crap out of me. All right. So growing up, I was always kind of like I was picked on when I was a kid. I didn't. I wasn't really popular. And then around right around tenth grade, that switched for me. And um, it just they never really understood my who I was and what I did. My dad, so he was. He, we grew up, or they grew up in a, a farming town with like four hundred people in this place. I mean, maybe a little bit more, but they they were onion farmers. My dad was a mechanic before he came to this country. Uh, his grandfather that he lived with had a, had a farm. They raised animals and livestock and stuff like that. And they had um, vegetable farms and all that crazy stuff. My mom was a, like a town or a village away or something along those lines. And they came to this country because Hickey Freeman, the tailor company, uh, recruited a whole bunch of tailors from like Italy, Turkey, and stuff like that. So you have all these foreigners coming to the city, which is off like Morrell Street, Avenue D, Joseph. That's right. He's talking the heart of the city. He is talking, because people who listen to my podcast, and he is talking two blocks down from my grandfather's flower shop, Smith Flower Shop on right. Hudson Avenue. Exactly. So my grandparents lived, when they first came to this uh, country, on Hollenbeck Street. Uh, and then I think it was, no. Uh, Zone 21, 14621, Hollenbeck. Yeah. yeah. And then Morrell Street and Bismarck Terrace is where my parents got a house, so it was a block away. Hollenbeck, they used to call Turk Village because there was like 10, 12 Turkish families on there. Bismarck, there was like five or six. Um, it was Morrell Street, there was another three, four. So there was a whole pod. It's a legitimate ghetto. You know what I'm saying? You have a cultural group of people that settled there for a reason, living in the same area. Talk about the village raising the kids, right? Basically, yeah. All those houses were raising all of you. Right? Oh, right, all of much. them. My grandma was, uh, um, after she worked at Hickey Freeman, she used to take care of some of the, the, the kids in the area. So like my best friends growing up, the most number living in Turkey now, but uh, we'd play every single day. We'd play all the, we'd be playing street ball and corner ball, and you know what I'm saying. We're out in, in in the city till God knows what hours at night. You know, just straight inner city, and we had a great time. It, it was fantastic. I mean, because we were never considered white, but we were never considered black. We've always been like the happy khaki medium. You know what I'm saying? I love it. We stay right in the middle. Like, we don't really qualify for any of them. We don't really belong, but we do to all of them a little bit. And you're not in the Asian community, right? So, and you're not necessarily, you're, I don't know, the, the, to me, the Turkish community isn't, uh, I don't know, it's not like the Saudis and all that. So it seems like no, it's different culture a little bit. Totally over here, the different. way we look at it, I guess. We've had a female prime minister over there, you know. It's a very open culture. Mm-hmm. It's Istanbul. You know what I'm saying? Istanbul is one of the biggest cities in the world. You can't be in Istanbul and like not be okay with tattoos and you know stuff like that. It's, it's a it's a modernized country. It's beautiful. They have the world's biggest airport now, I think, too. So they're crushing it over there. How old were you when you went to visit? I was like seven years old. Oh, so you probably couldn't appreciate it as no, much as you wanted, right? No, but I remember the food and I remember being related to so many people. Um, we went to my mom's village. And um, where she grew up and we still have a bunch of family over there and I'm in the street playing with the kids. I mean, like we're hanging out, we're playing ball or whatever it is. And uh, some lady goes, are you Hava's son? I was like, what? I'm in a different country. Okay. Everybody speaks Turkish. I speak Turkish at home, but like not, you know what I'm saying? I'm not speaking every day. Like this is a whole different culture, other side of the planet. And this lady just recognized me from my mom. Like she goes, take me to your mom right now. And I'm like, Okay, <laughs> right. Oh, that's amazing. Turns out it's her aunt. 
She recognized you with, oh, that's the best. Bro, she recognized me from my, like, just because I looked like my mom when I was a kid. Like, I, that's, that's, I've never, ever in my life, like, I'll remember this forever. That's yeah. cool. Nutty. Oh, man. So, did you want to come back? Were you in, like, did you, you must have really enjoyed it. Like, you felt it was home, right? Oh, yeah, it was it. dope, man. See, but it's home to a point where I feel more like I fit in. But the the U.S. is my home. You know what I'm saying? Like, I'm a New York. I'm a Rochesterian, 585 all day long. Like, for me, that comes first. I have Turkish heritage, and I love it, and I respect it, and I'm part of it with the food and the people. It's great, but I'm a 585-er. It just is what it is. This is where I'm from. This is who I am all day. How old are you? I'm 36. I thought I was 37 all year. <laughs> you just got reminded? Yo, no, I, I really thought I was 37 for a full year because I had a goal in mind. I'm like, yo, I'm going to get abs before I'm 37. I thought I was 37 somehow like in that like weird like crazy uh -huh. mindset of like having a goal and just being psychotic about it. Yeah. I I thought I was 37 till like 2 weeks ago. I was like, "Yo, dad, am I, am I 36?" <laughs> He's like, "You're 36, dumb dumb." <laughs> dumb dumb. <laughs> hey, the question is, does that actually mean you beat your goal by a year? You got your abs at 36? Yeah, I did. Sweet. I was, right. I'm like That's awesome. Months ago, I'm like, "All right, I did it." But I <laughs> I also gained a year. People are like, times one thing you can't get back. I'm like, I just got a year, bitch. Yeah. Like, <laughs> Nothing better when you reach that carrot well or ahead of schedule. Hell yeah. All right, so you're a fit man. How'd you get your abs? We, we like to talk about health and exercise in this. Dude, come on. Uh, Noah Jobin over at Knockout Fitness, and it wasn't from drinking Mountain Dew. I just went on like an 18 hour fast with nothing but like water. And I think I had like a slice of roast beef or something like that. So today, right now for the next like four or five hours, I'm going to be eating, drinking what I want, just kind of even things out. Um, but Noah Jobin over at Knockout Fitness, that dude's a beast, man. He is absolutely uh, just, he's, he's a big bulky. And you think of him as like a lunk, just a knucklehead. Cause he's all big and bulky looking, but this dude is so damn smart. Like he's got all the scientific facts. He stays up on the reading. He's like knowledgeable about every part of like how your body synthesizes stuff, your diets, your workouts, the rest rates, the the go rates. He's he's freaking brilliant. Noah Jobin and Knockout Fitness. He is absolutely the way I got my abs. What made you go to him originally? I mean, you I can't see that you were a guy that was fifty pounds overweight or something. So no, but I had like that. Um, so if you take a meatball and you stick like toothpicks in it for arms and legs, I had like the skinny guy like middle gut thing rocking, and I wasn't really about that, mm -hmm. you know. And then um, I talked to my friend Alex about a show idea I had. She's a huge producer for a whole bunch of probably some of the highest rating VH1 shows in history. She loved the idea, so. I need, it was more of like a health and wellness type of thing. And we're still kind of working on it. I have footage actually Saturday. I got booked for a TV show to shoot out there Saturday in New York City. I'm going to bring her the footage there so we could start getting the pilot done. So anyways, I'm like, I got to be in shape because I look like a fat slob. So Noah Jobin, he got referenced by buddy Mike Casey and yeah, rock and roll. Jumped in. Now, uh, are you an athlete generally? I just like to know what your fitness level is for your, during your twenties. Was it just like when you could or, or. I love fighting and wrestling and okay. soccer. Like, who grew up Turkish, you got to play soccer and you got to wrestle. Well, I assumed you play soccer. That's right. Day, right? You, you got to. You have, it's, it's just a rule. Like, there's no not doing it. It's like, whatever. Um, I always liked playing halfback, so I loved running. Halfback was fun. Baseball was fun. Um, I even did football, like actual football for a year. So, yeah. Yeah, sports have always been my thing. Did you play high school uh, soccer? I did play high school soccer. You guys have a decent team? We had a pretty decent team. My, my last year at... Odyssey, we had a really, really good team. Was uh, Nino Palato your coach then? Nino Palato. No, it wasn't no. him. What was his name? D 
Odyssey, oh. Odyssey is a small of the smallest of the high schools in Greece, but they tend to have some good soccer teams uh, yeah. because of it. Because we have good athletes in Greece, we tend to have produce good athletes. Yeah, I was in Arcadia and I was having some problems over there. I wasn't really like the the best kid, so I ended up going to Odyssey, and it was a really great school. I really enjoyed. That's how I got the club promoting. Actually, basically, was Odyssey was how it made it happen. For how? Me. Tell me, tell me the story. <laughs> I want no. This is interesting. I love this. I so, love the origin stories. Come on. So I was doing. All right, so I was doing like landscaping for these people out by uh, Beach Avenue. I was like 11, 12, maybe thirteen years old. So I was doing like a side job and make like extra school money for like clothes and whatever. And um, I had a friend who introduced me to a guy who was doing teen nights. And he's like, yo, you get these little cards in, you get a dollar for every one. Well, I was like, a dollar for every one? Yeah, I got that. So I made a bunch of money my first night, and then we ended up just working together and working together for teen nights and stuff. I go to Odyssey. Like at Horizon Skating or Horizon Skating like, or like what, what kind it? of places, venues? H2O, the old Penny Arcade. Basically all the 18 overnights. No, under. 18 or, under. I'm sorry. Oh, 18 undernights. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's like teen nights. Wow. like, yeah. Serious. For yeah. sure, yeah. Okay, because most of these clubs like this, what you're talking about, they only do that once a week usually, right? Like, Yeah, 18 plus usually only once or twice a week. It's usually never Saturday. Saturdays uh -huh. is usually never an 18 plus night, but sometimes you'll get exceptions. Or 18 under, right? We're talking about 18. No, 18 under. They, yeah. Nobody does 18 under. Nobody. Nobody. Like, unless you have like a special thing for it because you cover up your your liquor and stuff and yeah. you don't you don't really make any money on alcohol or drinks what you do is you just charge a higher cover but back then they did there was 1800 nights yeah okay. they still do them here once pandemonium was a place that that, right. that was another one for right. sure remember pandemonium yep gotham city was a huge one gotham city was just a monster uh -huh. so i ended up going to odyssey odyssey it was and then um this gentleman who was a security guard there was like an old school rave head so he's like us, and I'm like, what's up? And he's like, so you throw parties. I was like, I do my thing. And he's like, I think we could work together. And then we ended up working together and doing a whole bunch of stuff. And then he got me a deal over at Soho, oh no, Tribeca. And then from Tribeca, I went to Soho and then turn that into heat and then all the clubs down there like grotto and all that stuff like that and, and what are you for people who don't know Rochester well what like what streets what are you talking about like east talking? and alexander east and lawrence street uh ryan alley right in there and if you're coming into Rochester, that's a place to go there's a good high high amount of bars in a small area walking distance right. from like what 10 15 bars something in that area yeah it, it's basically our entertainment district yep so yeah it, it's a dope little spot i love it over there mm -hmm. and it sounds like you pretty much worked at every one of these venues right yeah, somewhere on the lines I've been there, have done that. Um, even Pearl. Pearl was a beautiful venue. I was there for a few different times. You know, the owner there, John, he was one of the people that really care about the bar business. And uh, he was really about it. So he was somebody fun to work with. But recently, I just came back. I took a five-year break. I was curious because I hadn't seen your name around a lot. I've been, I'm a single in the scene, you know, and I hadn't seen your name a lot. Now I've seen it again. So what five-year break was it to, to straighten yourself or do you have another business venue? Yeah, I, I actually, sure? I got divorced and like a whole bunch of stuff happened with uh, the last place I was at and like just a mess of partners in my personal life and like custody. And so I just took a break and I was delivering food. I was doing like Grubhub and delivering pizzas and stuff like that. And I was being a dad, you know, saying like just really getting into how to be a dad. Cause I'm such an active dad. Like I love being every part of my kid's life. He's my whole everything. Oh man, I love it, dude. He's he's dope. So I took a break, and then um, Billy Slocum, like I ended up written, written messaging him, and the dude gave me a break, man. He he put me on when nobody else thought I could do it. Nobody else thought I like I still had it. I was old and this and that, but like their brains don't work like this. It doesn't. You can't do what I'm doing. No. I mean, 
that dude, I owe him everything, man. He gave me an awesome, awesome opportunity and a chance to actually get out there and do what I love to do. And it's been a hell of a fun time doing it. And to find, now for me, from my perspective, in the short time I've known you, doing what you do means you like to smile, laugh, and be engaged with people and just, just be active in general, right? Is, is that, am I describing that's, it well? That's a part of my job. The other part of my job is almost like, uh, let, let's say you have a building and you want to put a, a brand or a logo or a name on it. I try to come up with ideas to either create it or to uh, rebrand it in a way, like give it a facelift. So what we're doing to one is we kind of, we took more of a creative approach. They let me kind of have free creative. Like I was just, you know, run it by us, let us know. And we'll tell you if it's okay or not. And they're like, just do your thing. And I'm okay, great. Our first promo went viral. We got like 4 million hits with Justin over on St. Patty's. Day. That was nuts. Uh, they're letting me do some events. I'm doing a 420 party. They let me rock out there, which is awesome. Um, and When's that going to be? That's going to be 420. Oh, I, oh, on April 20th. Yes. Yeah, 420. Oh, yeah, I'll be there. Dude, we, a whole bunch of great people hopped in too. We should probably do, uh, I'm thinking about getting a microphone uh, uh -huh. portable. I'm thinking that day I might have to do a little uh, live podcast. Oh, for sure. Come through. That would be perfect. We got a NCBD supply company coming through. We've got uh, Meta Vega. We got Pure 32. We've got Idols and Anchors. We've got Artisan Tattoo. Everybody's putting in gift cards. So I want to do a uh, Easter egg. We're putting over $1,000 just cash in Easter eggs around the city and prizes and gift cards all around the city. And you go to a certain location wow. for the freaking map or the clue. Well, you guys heard that. And and vape supply, uh, and vape supply, and and CBD supply. Just so you know, and CBD supply just opened up in Henrietta, fourteen twenty five East Henrietta Road. Check it out. We have looked through many many lines of CBD products and bringing Rochester the best in one place, which is awesome. I'm so excited to do this event, man. Uh, we've got a whole video uh, coming out April second. We're shooting it with the concept for, but. Long story short, Billy and those dudes, they gave me an opportunity and it's good to be back and it's good to be doing what I love. I just, I wake up smiling and as an entrepreneur, like nothing is given to you every single day. Nobody tells you what to do. Nobody tells you when to punch in. Nobody tells you when to punch out. Like you have to do that for yourself. People think that's easy. It's, you have to split 24 hours in a day between being a father, a human and however many opportunities that you're keying in on that day and what you have to get done and all the little idiosyncrasies and tiny meetings that happen with each different lineup and every single thing from the video editing to the flyers to um, read uh, like we're, I, I, there's a concept I came up with for the nightclub. Um, I've been working on it for like three years on what to do with the inside and like because um, yeah, we're talking about one nightclub. One now, nightclub. Right? Okay. Um, <clears throat> And this is on, uh, off East Avenue, yep, near Austin, East and Alexander. East. What's the official address there? One know. Ryan Alley. Thank you. One Ryan Alley. It's easy to find right <laughs> off East Avenue. Um, and I was there on Saturday. It was the first time I had ever been in there last Saturday uh, to, to make sure I found Oz, to make sure he was on this week because I, I knew I wanted to have him on next. And uh, I really like the vibe in there. Uh, Thank I see you. there's Appreciate an upstairs it. and a downstairs bar as well, right? Yo, it's huge. There's an outside deck. It's the city's largest heated outside deck. There's a private deck on the other side of it. Uh, there's a huge dance floor. There is a huge downstairs that's, that was meant for uh, bridal parties and big shows like that. And there's a fully functioning, gorgeous kitchen in there. And I don't know if you know heard the name Tim Tompkins. He was the original owner that built that place, and he spared not an expense. And he's out of the picture now, right? He, he's and no like, longer. Yeah, the Slocum family, and they're freaking amazing people. Usually club owners are like, there's a little, little, little questionable air to them. But no, these are actually like good, decent people. Like Billy's a stand-up dude. His parents, Kathy and Bill Sr., all fantastic people. Just 
genuinely nice human beings. And I like the fact that to do these events with themes, it's huge. I think Rochester needs a place to pool everybody together to one dance floor in Rochester. Why is it so hard to pool everybody together to enjoy nights of dancing in Rochester without... What happens in Rochester, folks, uh, and I apologize, Oz, but I'll I'll go through it because I'm the one going through it myself. There's four or five different places where people might find DJs, might not. They go bopping around, they pop in, see if they like who's in there, and then they'll leave like after 20 minutes. And then maybe there'll be a spot where a bunch of people gravitate at night if everybody on Facebook kind of saw or on Yelp and saw, oh, this club's hopping tonight. How do we prevent that and get it in one theme, one place? Can it ever happen in Rochester? Yeah, listen, that's how it was. Every single day of the week, there was a place that people would go to. So every single day when Nathaniel's was Tuesday, Wednesday was venue, Thursdays was heat, uh, Fridays was grotto, Saturdays was Daisy Dukes. You know, there was something for every single day of the week. Um, what happens was there was a whole shift in the nightlife atmosphere with uh, the, the ownerships being changed in promotional groups. And there was just, it just got cheesed out. Um, people weren't using their own ideas and they got lazy, you know, and it just, there's nothing really, it, it was just a, a swing. Like the whole thing of the nightlife just, just changed the way it was. And, it, I think it was just a cycle. It happens every once in a while. I'm old enough to have seen it a couple of times. No, you have. And, and so my thought is, is there so many bar owners that it's splintering off everybody? Nobody knows where to gravitate? Or, or is it, uh, like, I think you guys are gonna, are on the cusp of bringing it back. That video with Justin last week, like. Uh, <laughs> Thank you, man. <laughs> tell me where to find that video because they need to see that. It's everywhere, man. Yo, they got 4 million views. It's just, it's crazy. It worked out so well. I, I mean, if I'm very, very blessed. Like I have a fantastic team behind me. All the people over at One Night Club are, are amazing. Great bartenders, great staff. I mean, Mike, Ali, Erica, all those guys over there. Just even the security guards are awesome. You know what I'm saying? Like it's just a good group of people that work there. And anytime you have a good group of people and they're having fun and there's a there's a reason to get behind something that's entertaining, they're gonna do it and it's gonna work because it's genuine. Yeah, as long as it's genuine and not put together. Yeah, I totally agree with that. Yeah, You'll definitely get the type of people that want to be there once they see it and they'll keep coming. For sure. If there's no, like, oh shit factor, like, there needs to be an oh shit factor. When I'm doing a club event, if I don't walk in and say, oh shit, at least once, I failed. It's not what I want to do. You need to look at my things that I do, I put on, and I want you at least one time during the night be like, oh shit. You know? What was that? Yeah, yeah. right. And just that little nugget. Something, just something like that. And maybe something not everybody sees and everybody talks about because a couple of people saw it. Like, right. did you I, see that? I just, I just need to just one, even one little tiny oh shit factor. If I'm touching, it's got to be. And Justin, he's a great oh shit factor. Let me tell you what, he is fantastic. He's a showman. He's talented when it comes to his stand up comedy. It's fantastic. I love it. It's, it's just great. I happen to be doing every day what I love to do for a, for a living, and not even. I just enjoy doing this stuff. And he's just a good person too. He's cool as hell. Oh, he's just so real, down to earth. Awesome. Like, so uh, we had a bad Santa at our Christmas party. <laughs> so Bad Drip Labs, Yo. for those of you who don't know, uh, they're a group of guys that I work with, and and they we invited Oz and his buddy Justin in to hang out with us for our Christmas party this year. So we had Oz dressed up as a Santa Claus that was doing a little bad Santa. We had a little bad elf, and I'll tell you what, they were the hit of the party. How, did you enjoy that night? Doing yeah, that was that? so much fun. I had such a good time. Me and Justin went ham on that. Yeah, he walked in. And he thought I was actually drunk because I was on the sidewalk with like a garbage bag for a Santa bag. And I was sitting there. The bartenders cut me off like twice. I was like, yo, Jimmy, tell your bartenders I'm not drunk. I'm just I'm just being 
drunk Santa. <laughs> like he's like, yeah, you pulled the bartender's bag. Like he's fine. Just let him die. Just let him do what he wants to do. And he, after that, it was fine. Like I dropped somebody's glass. Like somebody was like, dude, you spilled some beer on my kids' Kanye's, and he was gonna freak out. But then the elf walked by, and I'm like, what? Can't see me, homie. Like. It, it was so much fun. I had a great time. Anytime you work those guys over at Bad Trip, it's a good time because they're genuine people that love what they do, man. Oh, man. That is the truth. Yeah. And we go to their office, and it's just it's just a good vibe. Like, ideas going back and forth. People are like, yo, I know somebody that does this. I got somebody that does that. But bong, bong, bong. It's great. Great time. We sit in an office there, and we just pull off ideas and we talk about who knows who and how we can connect and then phones are ringing constantly because we constantly have energy so you guys visited the warehouse the other day right yeah yeah we went there the other day for sure so so in that warehouse were you surprised to see anything some of the things in there right like you know i've been in there before and you know what i've always like the king cobra is such a dope animal i feel like and i've always wanted to hold one and he said i could hold it so I'm excited to hold a King Cobra. Oh, you! Oh, I don't I go know, in that room, man. man. I stay out of that room. That's a creepy room, no, bro. That, so we have a room, for those who don't know, uh, in Bad Drip Labs, they are very good and they love pets. Most people don't know this about this company. They are avid pet lovers and they take care of pets. So they brought in the old reptile guys from Rochester and house their pets for them for free in their warehouse uh, and they take care of the pets. So it's a, it's a mutual beneficial situation. But basically yep. when I when I walk in there uh, to help start my new businesses up, I see two goats that are about a foot and a half foot tall. I the little a, baby goats are cute as hell too. Yeah. I'm like, oh my God. We got a 24 year old tortoise. We have alligator. He's two huge. alligators. Yeah, that tortoise is fast too. That dude is big, man. <laughs> you try and pick him up and he tries to play dead weight with you yeah, and he no. feels like he's like 80 pounds, you know. Yeah. I'm not trying to pick him up. He's got some jaws on him. I'm all set. But the cobra, I'm going to have to do that because I feel like it would give me a Jafar look for just a moment. Like, ah, I'm doing it. I'm Jafar. And then I'm done. Yeah, and then like run like hack. Like, right, I'm out. <laughs> like take it, take it, take it, I'm out. So they got they bought a new snake recently for shows. That's uh, It's a king cobra, but it's got the head. Did you see the one with the head? on it like Monster. I, no, you can't even think of getting uh. near that but like uh, my biggest concern is that i'll be sitting in the office one day oh. on the computer and next thing you know all the snakes from upstairs slither down uh. behind me and trap me in the room and say you can't move like that's the worst dream ever bro indiana jones scarred me from multiple snakes watching that as a kid messed me up forever thank you that's yeah. mine too dude tore me up now, now like i don't mind snakes i don't mind all that stuff but a bunch of little snakes all at the same time that freaks me out like that might be one of the phobia things like i might might have a phobia possibly <laughs> i got it i know it's, i do oh god it's so gross every time i walk up to that room i stay at the doorway and do not go inside oh. i don't want to be cornered by a snake or have one behind me Yo, and how about the, the jerk fox the fox that's just like just screams at people oh what are you doing homie chill yes we have a fox in a room and he likes to scream at people when they walk in the room there's only like three or four people he's really nice to and then he just kind of screams at you yeah he's a jerk man he does not like me (laughs) can you imagine him at the christmas party (laughs) yeah yeah one of the monkeys peed on me last time i was there I had uh, the girl scratch my the, my eye to the point where it took to the next morning it finally healed. But yeah, oh, she got my eye. That's monkey finger in your eyeball. That's wild, bro. Dude, and I couldn't even be mad. 
no. when you have monkeys on you, I'm sorry, I don't care what happens because they like to happen. go for the earwax, right? So when they go, when they jump on my back, I cover my ears up because she likes oh. to go for my ears. And when I do that, she gets mad, and that's when she swiped at my eye. <laughs> wow, let me in your ear, whack back. Wow. <laughs> so Branch and Poppy are the name of our two little monkeys we have in our in our Bro, warehouse. Yes, those monkeys are dope. All I know is if you go into a room and you're mad, right, and you go into that warehouse, how do you leave angry? You can't. It's impossible because Frank and those guys and Doug, they're like just a bunch of big kids. You know what I'm saying? That you grew up with anyways. You know, it's like West Side, you did exactly who they are. They love what they love. They are who they are and there's no changing that. And they're great people. They're passionate. They love doing what they're doing and they're really good at it. That's they're right. Freaking beasts, you know? And it is fun being around them every day because no. the energy and even if they're busting balls to it with each other, it is just positive. Like they care about each other so oh, deeply. for sure. You, oh. you feel that. Anytime I talk to you, anytime I talk to them, it's always good energy, man. And like that's that's one of the biggest things I found to change in my life. People that were toxic in my life, I just had to just not deal with them. Keep them away. Right. You know, so so I've learned that I will have people in my life, uh, if they have bad uh, habits or things, I won't enable them, but I won't judge them. Right. right. I just had to stay away. Just right. Do your thing. Like, you good to do you, but we're not the same humans. You know what I'm saying? Like, I have my interests over here. Your interests over there. Have a good day. We're cool. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, love, I love you. I'll care about you as a human being and help you when I have to, but right. I'm I not see you. Hello. Able. How's it going? Kiss the kids. Have a good night. So tell me about being a father. Yo, it was the best thing I've ever done in my entire life. Eight how old? How old? He's eight years old. Uh-huh. And I noticed uh, you put a post up recently that said you were looking for ideas on busting his balls for April first. Oh, for sure. So please give me some of the ideas you got. All right. And, so and what's legitimate for an eight-year-old? All right. So he's he. I said like, hey, April Fool's Day is coming up, and he's like, oh, Dad, when's that? And I'm like, April first. It's in like a week. And he's like, ooh, I'm gonna get you. And I'm like, oh. <laughs> All right, kid, it's on and popping because my boys and I, we used to have like a whole April Fool's month where we used to just crush each other horrendously. Yeah, so something he, to do as a kid, heck yeah. Yeah, he wants that stuff. No, I'm talking about we were like 30 years old doing this. Oh, still. Yeah, oh, we're yeah. in the nightclub working and we're just April smashing each other. Like it was no type of fun. Like people were ending relationships and lives were coming to like <laughs> all disaster, over right. month. <laughs> like, you know, so this is- Boardman and Rochester, folks. Right, we was massive each other bad so he's like yeah i'm gonna get you dad and i'm thinking to my son yourself you know you get you you're gonna get the sauce kid like yeah i'm gonna get you but i maintain i'm trying not to scar you for life here is what i'm gonna go for i heard i'm definitely thinking of like some cayenne pepper and uh like food coloring on his toothpaste Ooh. yeah so he goes to school with like purple teeth but his creepy butt would probably like that like yeah look i got purple teeth and i'm like yeah i'd like that too shit yeah but no but the kind of pepper is like the right. burn so that's you get a, something that's kind of cool with the burn to it like because he won't think that early in the morning you're gonna get him yeah no right so that so he puts that mouth and it's burning like he's gonna come out like oh i'm gonna kill you dad right the minute he wakes up that's he, he's a whip when it comes to like spicy stuff so i could just imagine him ah dad <laughs> dad something's wrong ah <laughs> Right. Like, oh. And you're in the morning going late in bed going, what's wrong, son? They're like, what happened? Oh, no. <laughs> I'm so sorry. Excuse me while I pause this video of me laughing at you. <laughs> you know, like, I wonder All if his I friends get... on the school must have been seeing the video already going, he got you already. And maybe I'm thinking like saran wrap the toilet. Like, so as soon as he wakes up, first thing he does is he takes a beeline to go take a leak. So like, first day he goes on there like, <laughs> 
like I see it. I'm like, all right. So I'm just gonna keep smashing on him until he cries for mercy. But like nothing. Some people was like, yo, tell him he's adopted. I'm like, you're a jerk. Who does that to an eight year old? See, this is what I was gonna. That's what I wanted to get to because I had a feeling people were gonna recommend things that were over the line. Bro, like that's definitely over the line. I'm looking at some of these. I was like. Damn, fam, you are you are gonna mess your kid all the way up. Like, no, I just want to piss him off and let him know I'm dead, bitch. Like, and I run the I run the roost. Right. You, you want to come at me with the prank <laughs> sauce? Let's do this, son. Let's do it. If you were my dad, I would have known full well not to challenge you. Like, my son wouldn't. He, my son, athletically likes to challenge me, but he gets it to a point where he won't step the line because he knows I'll just like, I'm, I'm that guy. I'll rip your throat out like, athletically <laughs> if awesome. we have to, right? Like, he knows it. Like, my pride is, I'm 47. My son's 20. He can't beat me in hardly anything. All right, he, maybe he's a better skier. Maybe, maybe he could beat me in tennis once. That's it. Like, yeah, I love soccer, that you got a score in your head. Oh, like, and soccer, yeah, he beat he's got me. me once, just once. It's fun because I won't because I stopped playing tennis. I won't play him. I, I'm not a fool. I I'm not going to get paid. I'm not going to keep getting beat by him. Yo, that's awesome. But he yo. can't be mean hoops though. And you tell, I'll tell you what, that bothers the crap out of him. <laughs> that's awesome. You're 47 years school. Ah, uh, your dad's taking you to school, kid. <laughs> so senior, quick story. Senior year, or sorry, junior. His junior year, uh, I was a bit like helping coach his CYO basketball team. Right. And all his boys, um, I would hear from him. Oh, I, one of them was a Wegman's uh, like cashier, and I'd go to Wegman's and I'd be like, "Hey, I hear you schooling Spencer in practice." <laughs> <laughs> There's nothing better than one of his buddies goes, Hey, I hear you're schooling your son in practice. Wow. All I know is I was like 10 when I beat my dad in basketball, just so you know, for reference. I don't think I didn't really grow up playing basketball. They're like, What, you kick the ball? To the, what the, no, you don't kick it into the hoop, dad. It's basketball. <laughs> but soccer, so was your dad a good soccer player? Though? My dad like, was a beast of soccer. Yeah, he played soccer. He's got knee surgery. Like, he did all that. So he's he still better than you as a soccer player? Or do you guys ever compare like that? No, no, no. He'll smush me in soccer. <laughs> I, I don't got feet like that. He's got feet. Like, when it comes to like distance running and like being a halfback, I got him, but when it comes like quick feet and like accuracy and stuff like that, that's my dad all day. I can't even touch him. Oh, I love it. Yeah, for sure. Good shit. So uh, have you and your dad did you used to like play back and forth soccer together growing up? Is that how he was with you or? Uh, a little bit. We played some. We didn't really, we played a lot of baseball together, oddly enough. Mm. So baseball was something that I just really enjoyed it. And plus really ghetto. stuff. Yeah, I just, uh, he'd get the wiffle ball bat and the little wiffle ball and I just sit there smack it across the street in the city. You know, when we lived on Bismarck Terrace, I always remember that and yeah, uh, we didn't really do a lot of sports. He was working a lot. You mm -hmm. know what I'm saying? He's, he was an immigrant. When he came Same. here, he was a janitor. He learned how to weld himself, went to school for it. Like, he, he did his thing, but he started from the way, way bottom, and he, he built himself life. Like, most of these immigrants do. People hate on him, but, like, yo, these people are crushing it. If they're doing it the right way, the proper way to actually get into this country, unless you're fleeing from persecution or some terrible horribleness, you know, like... They work hard. They're not here to to steal jobs. These people are here to to make America better. I mean, what's what's Americans? Americans are are they're the immigrants. We're the immigrants. This is Native American land. You know, it's their their thing. We're just not enough people say that, dude. We're everybody in America is an immigrant. It was founded for immigrants by immigrants on top of somebody else's places, man. You know, I'm a proud American, but you know, you can't ignore that stuff. You know, we're all immigrants. 
I've, I've always had a hard time uh, figuring out the best way to handle Native Americans now with reservations and everything because I, I'm a firm believer those this was their country. Oh, for sure. them over like little children. For and, sure. Uh, and, yeah, so I've, I str- struggle with that because I also think the current Native Americans abuse maybe the privileges they're given and, and don't um, treat their heritage as good or, or the entirety of their tribes that are alive. Like I still see a lot of poverty on the reservations, that kind of stuff. I feel like... That, that poverty and a lot of that stuff, like I feel some of that has to do with social conditioning. You know, you you mm. you're socially condition a population. You take away their leaders. You take away the people, the head of the households. You take away their their ability to to have a piece of land that's worth anything, um, whether it be the ghetto or a piece of dirt out in the country for the natives to call a reservation, and you deteriorate their their, their beliefs and their morals. You know, it wasn't always like that. They, the Native Americans didn't need anybody. They were happy hunting, fishing, doing everything they did not not provide. They were out there providing for their family. You know, that's something that was brought by the colonization of this country. You know, the colonization, the colonization of their people it was, that. that's how it happened. It wasn't always like that. So what changed to make it like it is today? What was the difference? Oh, crap, it's us. Amen. You know? That's right. Same thing with the welfare system like that. And I've got a lot of black friends. And, you know, you, you the way that their, their leaders were taken out, it's, I, I mean, how can you get mad at miseducation? You know what I'm saying? Absolutely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If you don't have the people there to look up to in your communities, in your neighborhoods and stuff like that, because they're all been wiped out or in jail what do, what do you how much hope do you have for a people yeah because then, then we we're left by uh, people left on the streets that were delivering mixed messages through the 70s 80s 90s uh you know 80s 90s especially because l- listen it's been unfair for the streets you know we've been on the streets you've been on the street i've been in the same streets you've been on here for in sure we've seen the whole development from you know kids who would get their butt beat if they mess with the mailman because it's a felony to now they're sick and dogs that mailman Right. Like, how did it get from that to that, right? Like, the only thing it was was it's people and their decisions. I mean, humans don't want to act like that normally. They want to be happy. They want to be peaceful. They want most most people, most people. There's there's a slim group, let's say 10% on Always either 10% side. Always 10% everything, you know. Right. Yeah. 10% on either side that are a bunch of donkeys, you know. It is what it is. But for uh, generally, no matter who you are, the people want to be happy. They want to live peaceful lives. They want to be able to be successful. They want to be able to, to be comfortable and safe and feel safe and provide for their families. Be, be comfortable in a, in a society, right? So they right. can be social. Right, you have the same opportunity as the next man or woman or whatever you identify as. You know, it, it shouldn't matter. Your your worth and your justification could be should be provided by what you can provide to the community and to your to your city or your place that you're at. And I love how you just said that because the next thing I was going to say is, guys like Oz and I, we try and bring the positive side of culture. We try to bring the exercise piece of it, the energy side of it. Like, stay out of your house, get out and explore, go meet new people, For go sure. have that experience, right, Oz? Like, yeah. tell me how you, you said you traveled this whole world, and so far I've heard things that you've been doing here. But how the heck have you traveled around the country? What what drew drew you to get a, <laughs> go travel? Like, yeah. good, bad, ugly. What was it? All right, probably one of the the most free experiences of my life. I was like. In like 19 or 20, I went to uh, some modeling competition over in New York City, and uh, I got looked at by a bunch of agencies. They're like, yo, come out to L.A., come out to New York, blase, blase. And my favorite song at the time was Everclear Santa Monica. Come out by the breakers, watch the world die, that one. 
So I just had this fascination. The zone just came out nine four one, and I was in my little grungy era, this and that, like a few years before. So I go to this model competition, and these big agencies were like come through. But I ended up diddling a bunch of the models, and so they thought I was a bit of a um, was it a risk? Uh, it was you know, like, you know they watched me a little bit. So I'm like, crap, I can't get signed. But if I go out there, I'm gonna get signed. Bet. So I had like two hundred fifty bucks in my pocket. I hopped in my eighty seven Monte Carlo, and I drove cross country. Oh, how long did it take you to drive? It took me two and a half days. Wow, so you, you hustled. You wanted to get yeah, there. You were all about getting there. Yeah, so I get to LA. I'm like, cool, what do I do now? So <laughs> 200 bucks. Now you're down the gas money, food, right? right? You're down so to like 100 bucks. I stayed in a hotel for a couple of days, and then I ended up just sleeping in my car for a few months, and I signed with the Molly. It's called Bobby Ball Agency, which is a really solid agency. Uh, I ended up being on an MTV dating show called Dismiss, and I, do, I did some print work here and there, and I was I was running a um a high end clothing boutique on Melrose Avenue, uh, for females, and I was selling like six hundred dollar pairs of jeans, and they were paying me great. And it's a female boutique on Melrose Avenue. First of all, there's like seven girls to every one guy. They're all models or actresses, and then I had a lot of gay friends out there. Like mo half the dudes are gay out there, which is great. So it's like fourteen girls to every like one straight dude, and I'm like, yeah. Yes, you know, and I'm on Melrose <laughs> Avenue, you know what I'm saying? And I'm saying like the model parties that they have was just 90% girls. And here I am like 19 with like flowing hair, chiseled body, like on an, in an agency, yeah. like, oh, this is going down. <laughs> of so, course. Yeah. And, and you already had your social life because you're doing the dollar card for the under 18 parties leading up to it. So you had the right. social. So it, it was great, man. I ended up staying out there for like two years and then, yeah, that's ended up coming back and here we are. Love it. I love it. So you got to go see the LA lifestyle. Now, do you, now was it Celebrityville or is it like, so some people go out there and they're meeting celebrities all the time. Sounds like you were just periphery, but that was probably just good enough. Dude, um, I actually dressed the first cast of American Idol and I went to the, see the fireworks with them and the girl Nikki from Texas. Oh, cool. The first, before anything else, they came to my boutique and I'm like, bet I got you guys. So I laced them all up and I ended up exchanging numbers with the girl from uh, Texas uh, Nikki, she was, she was like the top something, but yeah. she was so dope. She had like different color hair, tattoos. I was like, yo, I remember her. Yeah. yeah. So that was that. There was, there was celebrities randomly throughout the place, but it was dope, man. I, I had a great time when I was homeless and I was in my car. I didn't have a phone. I have money. I have a job, but I was sleeping at Santa Monica Pier. It was one of the most peaceful, freeing. I had no responsibilities, and I remember because I drew it. Like I drew the pier with the dragon and the the roller coaster and the shops and stuff and the water, and it just the sun's setting. And I'm like, wow, you know what? I don't care. I don't have nothing. This is worth everything right now. And it was one of the most amazing images and feelings I've had in my life. Wow. And I imagine every night you were meeting new people. I mean, it every like night. You, you weren't alone. You were just. Dude, I had a great time. Swaying. Yeah. I mean, I my, my 21st birthday was in a humongous club on Sunset Boulevard. You know what I'm saying? Like, it was great. Uh, before I, I moved into the apartment on Melrose, I had an apartment on Melrose too, mm -hmm. with a bunch of friends. People let me sleep on their couches. And like, I was a little 20 year old kid. Like, I'm sleeping on couches here and there. I was, um, my car got stolen during the Christmas Day parade with all my clothes and all my gear on it. Yeah. Everything got stolen. So I was homeless and all of my clothes and everything I owned got stolen in my 87 Monte Carlo on Cherokee Street, Cherokee, right um, off of Hollywood Boulevard where they do the, the parade with all the celebrities and for Christmas. And so I come back from the parade and I'm like, I parked in front of a police station. Where the hell's my car? Gone. <laughs> oh.
Man, I would have been like adrenaline. My adrenaline had been flying at that point, sweating my ass off. Dude, <coughs> I didn't have nothing but like my clothes. Like that's all I had that I owned in the whole entire world. And uh, some friends let me stay with them, like a few different friends did. And uh, I ended up doing like catering gigs and this and that just to like, like I'd go like a buy a pack of underwear or a pack of socks or like a a pair of jeans from a thrift store or like a t-shirt, you know what I'm saying? Like you got down to the basics. Dude, there was no more basic than that. Unless you're like scared and afraid then that there's the only other possible way to be more basic. And you weren't living like a homeless person. You were, you were showering, you were getting by because of your personality more than likely. I actually stole a gym membership to shower daily. So I sat there and I heard somebody say their numbers when I was outside and I listened to their numbers and I just used their number to go in. I'd shower and then I'd walk back out. I mean, so I like had, um, smart. Yeah. I had freaking, um, what is it like open calls and stuff and audition stuff to go to. And like, I I wasn't trying to make an issue. I just needed to shower. I need somewhere to like wash myself and shave so I can go get work and, you know, do what I had to do to survive. Mm -hmm. So I just use somebody's numbers. I'd go and I shower and I'd rock back out. That's smart. Because that's for me, uh, all the traveling I've done in my life, which is extensive, I've always need that morning shower. That's my deal, man. I just need that shower just to like get rid of the day. If I, That's always the one. I, if I can't be next to a pond, a lake or something to rinse off with, that's my always my concern. I got a jug of water or something just to rinse me off. Dude, when you're eating out of a garbage can, you know what I'm saying? Like you're, you're a little funky. You know, there, no, there's, funky, you, you yeah. can't be sitting out in the street and, and be completely clean. So you need that shower. That's important. Especially if you want to look at like a human being is as horrible as it is. Like you got to go into an interview looks sharp, especially catering and anything else. That's like you could easily get a position for in LA. Mm-hmm. You got to be at least clean. That's right. Yeah, basics. I love it. So so you were in survival mode there. For sure. What made you leave there? Was it a bad experience or did you say you're ready to come home and see the fam? I was partying way, way, way too much, dude. That's introspective to know to pull yourself away with before. For sure. hundred percent. You know what? If everything would have gone right then and there, like I didn't have the mental capacity to be able to like handle it. You know, I would have been 27 and dead like these other people, man. There's no way I could have... I could have maintained myself mentally. The only thing that's ever really grounded me ever in my entire life is having my son. He put me down to earth and I'm to be, I will never be a good enough father to that kid. He's such a good kid. And to disappoint him is the most devastating thing I could ever think of. My biggest fear is him not being happy or something bad happening to him. Like I, that's all I got. If uh, I've, uh, I, I don't think I can handle the death of the death of one of my children. Oh man, no, I'd be Without a mess. It, yeah. It's all. I'm no longer the same person. I've clicked off. I'm. I'm out of here. I'm something completely different. Um, my dude, paranoia when my kids were growing up because I was because I traveled so much was being the result of something. Like my son and I have done some crazy stuff. Like he has been on places he should not have been at his age, and it always concerned me if anything ever happened to him and I was the direct result somehow. Oh my god, like dude, no, oh, nope. I'm done as a person. I, I yeah. The only thing that would ever have the ability to draw me back from complete and utter insanity would be my niece. She is the only one on the planet that has any type of, besides my kid, it's the, it's those two right there, my, my, my son and my niece. And hold your niece. Dude, she's 10. She's a big girl. Like She's smart and, and like artistic and beautiful and like a little smart ass. And like, I mess with her. I've been messing with her her whole life. I'll pick on her and stuff. And she'll give her right back now. Cause she got a little attitude in her head cock like a mother. Yeah. And mother's a sweetheart. My brother's awesome, man. Really? He owns carbon fiber company. Okay. So he does like all the high end carbon fiber parts for these like 
super exotic cars like Bugattis, Lamborghinis, Ooh, just that's the a good whole contract, night. Yeah, yeah. So he's all over the place, and he does Mansori parts too, which is really freaking cool. All these super high end things, like he's killing it. He's so smart, and he has blue eyes, bastard. <laughs> so jealous of that. <laughs> Damn him. And and he's got a niece that you love that yeah. he beat you to the cr- he beat you. He had a kid before you too. He did. He did. <laughs> Yo, my dad was like, I'll bet everything I had that you have kid before him. Everything I had, I would have bet my life. I would have lost it. I would have died that very moment if I bet. I swear to it, I would never think. And I'm like, damn, dad, thanks, homie. Appreciate it. So that's like the only thing. Like, he killed it. I'm like, at least I can't disappoint you there. Here we go. I love it. Yo, he, I would have been like, dad, we don't really know yet. It was kind of my fault. It was kind of my fault. It was like prom. His... The, his fiance and they they got engaged recently. They've been together forever since like prom. I, I got a hotel room for him and his homies to like party at and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And uh, it was probably embarrassing, but I'm pretty sure that's when you know when the twinkle down. in his eye became Layla and <laughs> Cassie's twinkle in the eye became Layla. And uh, I got hit for him doing that. I'm like, what the hell? You got hit? Yeah, my mom was like, what? And I'm like, oh, I love it. Dude, he's hiding out in my apartment because he's like 17 years old. You know, he's still got the little creeper stash thing going on, like a little acne. He's a kid, but yo, they did such a good job. They both worked so hard. He went to RIT, um, new what is it, new media marketing, and like he is just so talented. He did Intuit's like commercial for with DJ Khaled and mm-hmm. stuff like that. I'm so proud of him. And Cassie, she's just a beast and a good mom. She's like four foot two tall at her like on top of some stills but she <laughs> and you wouldn't mess with her at all yo, probably, she's right? quiet and sweet but when it comes to like my son or her daughter she's a monster like i would never she she'd walk out in a room full of wolverines with a new jacket mm-hmm. you know what i'm saying she so it's just awesome it's moms people. man i love it yo they're crazy <laughs> the best moms they're peace <laughs> my daughter is pregnant and i'm oh. gonna tell you right now my daughter's a beast. Like she is like my daughter was out at uh Sio street teaching at Rochester city school district, her first year as a teacher. Okay. And it was like an assembly in the first month and there was a little fight and my daughter's a special ed teacher. So she had like 12 fifth graders, mm-hmm. six fifth graders. And she basically stopped a raucous around her crew to the point where in the first month, my five foot tall daughter was basically known as the biggest badass in the school. And you know, the Rochester city school awesome. district. Yeah. You got to throw some hands. Your oh, hands my daughter is a beast, dude. Like just when I heard that story, I stood up like, that's my daughter, baby. <laughs> and I didn't even hear it from her. I heard it from one of her buddies going, you got to hear what Jordan did. My daughter was like, I just did what I had, like, she took it. Like I it was did what enough. I had to do. What? You know, it was dude, just that's me. why you're a beast right there. Amen. Absolutely. My daughter's that's a 29 awesome, pounds military base right now. And I have a feeling she like owns that base right now. Like, yeah. I wouldn't <laughs> doubt it, man. If she's got half your driving person, Natalie, not only is she like a leader, but a charismatic leader, I'm guessing. Like, and as you, you got to be able to put them on the table like that. Yeah, I always taught my kids you have to own a room or make sure you're seen or felt. Otherwise, why are we on this planet? For sure. That is a very, very good sentiment to live by. That's completely correct, dude. I can't live on in four walls. No, 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 no. Like, no. The, the, we, we're in a studio right now, folks, in a living room, and soon the studio is going to go in the basement, and I'm dreading the fact that I'm not going to have this big picture window to look out while I'm chatting because I know I'll feel more of a dungeon setting, even though, the, uh, Jay, I'm not razzing you because I can't wait to get into the studio. <laughs> we're going to have a round table. It's going to be great, but 
I am going to miss the light and the windows because that four wall thing for me is, and I know you're the same. Oh, no. Yeah, I can't do it. I worked at the Sutherland Group for like three months and I was like, F this. I'm going to throw parties. I'm out. And just like, hey, did you catch the game? Like, why am I going to watch a game right now when I'm here working at a cubicle for $9.99 an hour? Get out of here. I'm not watching your football game. Can but, you imagine? Wait, think about this. People on a Thursday, they're at work nine to five. They go home, make dinner, maybe take their dog for a walk and then watch football for four hours and then what? go to bed. No. Where, what's happened to all that food? They where did that get burned? Please, Yo, someone tell me. What? Just forget about even the burn. <laughs> like, what is your brain doing? It's just sitting there. Like, yo, no. No, no, no. How are you? Are you happy with your life? Then why are you sitting on the couch watching football right now? Get up and do something. I have one soap opera that I watch. I tell people. That's I, okay. Philadelphia 76ers basketball. I call it my soap opera because <laughs> I know sports is, is, is silly, right? Like, I love to play, but it's for my own. But it's my soap opera. I'll admit it. I have to watch every Sixers game. But other than that, I'm not watching TV. No, and man. usually I'm doing something while I'm watching that, editing video like yep. you. Yeah, hell no. There's no Be way productive. I can sit there and concentrate unless I, every single night I watch either the same like five movies or I watch Ancient Aliens because I know what's going to happen. It puts me to sleep. So I just want to give a real recap for everybody while Oz breaks away. Uh, we have CBD store in Rochester to join the small collection of them. But this CBD store is called End CBD Supply. Like I mentioned earlier, it's 1425 East Henrietta Road. We took over the old 420 Emporiums in Syracuse, Henrietta, and Brockport. We will be changing the structure of the stores and moving them towards the End Vape Supply. Uh, similar themed, but I want to mention a couple things about the CBD store in Henrietta. Our partners and I have looked through over 200 lines of products, CBD products, uh, in the market. We have asked for samples. We have talked to different people. We have asked people in the industry, and we have tried to pull together the best products at the store and Henrietta at NCBD Supply. So make sure you go check it out here in Rochester. We have tinctures. We have edibles. We have stuff for pets. But... Basically, the most important thing is we have people in there that will help you talk about healthy lifestyles and how to integrate CBD into your life. Uh, we are not medical professionals. Uh, CBD is still something we are uh, gaining research on, though for those of you listening to my podcast, you know I'm a firm believer that CBD in the proper dosage in the proper delivery method can help everybody in some way or not. So I just want to remind everybody we have our CBD store open in Rochester. The grand opening will be in a couple weeks, but we do have products on the shelf. So make sure you check it out. Now that we are in spring, I'm looking out. The sun is setting here on this Wednesday evening for this week's episode. Oz has been a great guest so far. And I also want to give everybody a little heads up to a new toy that I got. So everybody wants to check out Leaf Tech, L-E-I-F-T-E-C-H. Uh, I have gotten a new toy to play with because I am not going to buy another motorcycle, I've decided, Oz. Because oh the safety of motorcycles, I got in a motorcycle accident last year. Right last here, year. Those are not fun, man. And uh, I've been a passionate motorcycle rider since I was 16, 17 years old. Uh, when my dad had a midlife crisis and got a license <laughs> and I learned how to ride his LTD 440 and uh, I've been riding motorcycles ever since. And then last year I got my first real accident. I got tossed off my oh. motorcycle into the back of a pickup truck because someone was on their phone texting, drifted oh, into our lane yeah. and caused a three car accident. I was the third Jay in that is. line. Yep. So it was uh. a, a girl who of course drove away too, didn't acknowledge that she oh. caused me to be launched into that God. pickup truck. 
Um, so I was just talking one day sure. to, when you moved away, I was talking about our CBD store and soon we're gonna have a line of lotion that we know works because I use the lotion on my knees that hit the truck as I did a flip into the truck. Ooh. And it actually moved the matter and the sensitivity away from my knees by using our lotion. That oh, we're gonna nice. have the market soon. So I'm curious. We haven't talked about cannabis, the plant, CBD, THC. What, what's your opinion on such things, dude? I'm asking you right now. First of all, so I could I, see my khaki skin needs lotion. It's weird because I get ashy. My knees ashy. My ankles ashy. It makes no type of sense. But here we are. <laughs> um, my, you're Turkish. I thought you're supposed to have that natural, beautiful skin, right? Yo, not in zero degree weather, bro. <laughs> like it's just breaking out here, man. I'm not built for this. My eyelashes over here were like, we need the camels, the desert, the heat. Bring. Nah, turkey's a very, like, it's got a lot of different variety to it. But yeah, I think my, my people were from like the, like the southern part by, you know, the darker side. Hey, my, my, my legs always look like scales, dude. I'm with Bro. you. But cannabis, the plant itself, like, I, I feel it's a good thing. Like, just like anything else, if you're an adult and you know your moderation and you know uh, what to effectively use it for, or even if it's for recreation, why not? I mean, you're going to tell me that cigarettes are okay. You're going to tell me that alcohol is okay. You're going to tell me half this garbage food, the fast food that people are eating are okay. This water out here and coming out these taps are okay. You're going to tell me these energy drinks. You're going to tell me all this stuff is okay, but you're going to tell me cannabis is not okay. Hold up. Wait a minute. That's not right. You're an idiot. I mean, no. That's right. I got a picture from the 1800s with a cannabis leaf on top of a drugstore, like an old Western town that said drugs over the top of the cannabis leaf. Okay. Were we wrong then or now? Wait a minute. There was no cancer then, but there's cancer now. Were we wrong then now or, 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 right. or you know, why, why was it taken? I mean, it's we, not for everybody. That's, that's definitely right. for sure. Let Amen. Me, for me, like, like we'll say two grams for me will last an entire week and a half. For me, like, I'll basically, like, once, I'll hit it once in the morning or I'll hit a pen once in the morning and then, like, randomly a little bit throughout my day here and there, um, no more than two or three times, but I never even do a full pipe full. You know, I can't do that because then I'm I'm sleepy. But if I do enough to just, like, calm me down and slow me down a little bit so I can actually concentrate and work on stuff, it's a different situation. I just need to know what my limit is as a freaking adult to what is beneficial and what is not beneficial. Amen, brother. Perfect. I've been describing this for many people over the weeks, and you just spelled it out exactly how I want to. Everybody's different. So I, we're, now he just talked about two and a half grams, less than a certain amount of time. That two and a half grams, if that was flour, would last me a day. But if it was a, a pipe, what I'm doing is I, I'm heavy um, morning and evening um, smoking as clean as I can with a little bit of cartridge during the day that I need, but lighter. You're a perfect example of the light THC is all you need to, what was it you said? Just offset that craziness what was it? where you can't concentrate fully on a, an idea because like the ideas happen in my head and i write it down but then there's another one that happens and then another one that happens and with a little bit of thc it kind of slows me down for a little bit like okay i have this idea let me elaborate that a little bit more oh i have this one let me it just slows me down to where i just stop like when i go to the gym that's when i'd smoke my most my most i'll smoke a whole half a pipe when i go into the gym because i throw my headphones on and that i'm not driving i'm not doing anything i'm gonna go in there and i'm gonna lift weights and concentrate on weights and i don't know anything else around me but those weights or my running or my cardio or that's it point blank most people in society would 
argue with me the opposite that you just said. Because you just said you did the most during your exercise, but earlier you said if you do too much, you're sleepy. This is exactly the perfect point to make. During exercise, it's not the same. It doesn't affect you the same. So Correct. it's helping your recovery. It's helping actually you focus, right? Do that training. Yeah, that's that's it. And also it opens your muscle receptors. Thank so you. there's so many positive effects, but I'm not going in there smoking a blunt and being like, oh my God, I'm so high. I haven't smoked or touched a blunt and probably a decade minus or maybe rolling myself in a decade ram like a party or somebody has a blunt or something yeah, yeah you don't want to you don't you'll pass it if someone passes right it. i mean it is what it is i'll hit it once pass it on but i don't sit there i'll sm- i have no friends i'll smoke blunts to the face i'm like that's cool but how how is your how are you functioning you know what i'm saying i don't understand that it is for everybody differently it affects everybody differently and as an adult it's your job to figure out what works for freaking you that's what we do we're adults if it doesn't work for you don't do it find something else right Go drink a coffee. I mean, caffeine, really? You're going to tell me that the cannabis is horrible, but you got caffeine and all this other garbage? Just the processed foods alone, just the processed foods are legal. How are they legal when half of them aren't even real food? But this plant, you're telling me I can't put it in my pipe? I understand not being able to drive. And, you know, if you're too high, there's got to be something where it's like, you know what? we're adults we should be able to know that there should be something that we can figure out with that mm-hmm. i mean it just just like drinking like drinking is a whole different situation that alcohol i've seen people become alcoholics and it is a very scary scary thing it's terrible it, it hurts lives i mean it ends lives it's a horrendous alcohol that's legal yeah they actually were smart when they went through prohibition i mean that was the smartest thing our country did and it turned out that no matter what, the, the power of the politics, everything else stopped it from happening. What do you think if prohibition lasted from alcohol? And let's say cannabis then was, was picked up on it. Because how about this? Prohibition ended, right? And then cannabis picked right back. Cannabis got taken away when they gave us alcohol back. I, that I think, same, almost the same year. I think when it comes to alcohol, I think alcohol always has its has its, its crowd. People, some people really like to drink and that's their thing. Some people like a good glass of whiskey or wine or whatever have you and that's cool but there shouldn't be that much of a difference if you're going to have a, a glass of wine or you're going to hit a pipe. Man. You know what I'm saying? Like I know if I'm going to have some wine I'm going to drink a glass of wine in an hour, hang out, eat my dinner, relax. Cool. Well, if I'm going to go smoke a half a bowl or a bowl, I'm going to do the same thing. There's got to be certain levels to stuff where you know as an adult that this is what you should be doing. This is, this is acceptable. You mm-hmm. can drink after an hour or you can drive after an hour if you had a glass of wine. Not a big freaking deal. You're an adult. You know how to drive. You're not over any limits or anything like that. Great. Mm-hmm. You know, same thing with, I think, with cannabis. It's got so many medical benefits as well. Why not? CBD is a fantastic product. We're just scratching the surface of it because we just were able to start being scratching the surface of it. It was illegal before then. Thank God there was these basement scientists doing their thing and trying to figure things out. That's right. Thank, yeah, that's right. Doing the shatter and all the other yeah. stabs and all this stuff to try and figure out pure purification and everything. Yeah. I mean, we're so behind when it comes to benefits of marijuana and there's all that pharmaceutical stuff. So half the thing, like there's a giant majority of things that could be substituted or derived from cannabis that you're not going to need pharmaceuticals for. Yeah, and that's why the biggest seven companies against cannabis nationally are the pharmaceutical companies. Of course. I mean, that's no where the money is. That's where the lobbyists are. That's where that's where the bread is. But it's changing, and it's changing direction right now. In our lifetimes. Did you ever right. think we'd see it in our lifetime? I'm curious. I had some hope for our generation. 
I had some. I mean, I feel like we we did decent. We didn't do as good as I thought we would, but there there's we there's areas where we definitely picked up the slack from the last couple ones. We just got to handle a few other issues, and you know, we'll be all right. I agree. And, and my mom uh, used to say to me, Brian, why are you always such a pain in the ass? And I and I, I turned to her very young because. I, I'm actually never been a Democrat or a Republican. I'm a registered independent from 18 years old. And my mom always said, why are you such a pain in the ass? And I said, mom, that's because when I was young, you told me so many things that were wrong that I had to start questioning everything. Yeah. So it was actually like my, my parents and grandparents and all that with their old wives' tales and nonsense that made me constantly then read and dig into stuff. For sure. They actually created me, right? Like, what? I can't swim for an hour after dinner because why? Because of cramps? What? is that a real thing? Like I went researching an encyclopedia. It was a real thing. And I had to show them. I'm like 13 years old going, I can go back in the pool. Look like right. they wanted to kill me. Like they want an hour of not watching anybody in the pool. <laughs> it had nothing to do with our cramping. And those weird social norms are some things that like, I, I hate to pass on, you know, exactly. my kid, he came home one day and he's like, dad, why are you girls only allowed to like pink? And I'm like, they're not, you can like whatever freaking color you want to like kid. And he's like, I want pink hair. I was like, bet. Pink hair it is. Do your thing. It is what it is. Go have fun. If that's what you like. Go do it. The the biggest goal I have in being a father is I need to make sure that you are the best you that you could possibly ever be and be happy with that. You just be the best person for yourself. Make yourself happy. Live out of love. And that is it. And you'll be good, dude. You know, like just be you. No matter what you is, just be that, but be the best at that you you can do. That's right. You know? And when you look in the mirror, be happy with who you see because what we were given is what we were given. We can't, you know, plastic surgery, other than that, we He's are. He's a we cocky are. little crap, too. Like He's it. like, Dad, I look good. I'm like, shut up. <laughs> you hey, all I know dude. is if a kid already wants to have pink hair, he has no issue what people care about. If they yeah. say to him, I love it. That's like, how the conversation went. I'm like, you know, people might pick on you. He's like, I don't care, Dad. I think I'm awesome. I was like, bet. That's all I need to hear. Like, job done, Mike, drop him out. Yeah, you just you did your job as a father, like his father already, and he's only eight. I appreciate that, but you, you know how kids are. I mean, they're always evolving and oh, getting, yeah, like, obviously, weirder but... and creepier and sneakier and, like, yeah, I remember doing that. Like, I never did that. Huh, good one, kid. Let's but see. You were, you, to me, though, you didn't have that confidence that early, right? Didn't no, you say you were kind of a late bloomer? Sure, not even remotely close. That took me till I was probably 16 years old. Yeah, no, I did not have that. To have that confidence to move through a room, like it took a lot of being around a lot of people, years of that to be able to to be okay with it. Nah, he just feels like he's just cool. Like he just does his thing and it's awesome. It's really great to see him do his own little thing, what he enjoys. Cause he does like music videos with me. I took him to Club One and he they they threw him in a DJ booth and like you could see his little little face. He's figuring out he can make the music and Guido puts it on for him. He goes, This is so cool. And I'm like, oh, he's right. understand the function. Dude, he came home from school the other day, and he's like, Dad, look, there's a glow party at school. And I'm like, oh, you got the right one for this, boy. Yeah. <laughs> All right. All right. <laughs> Your son's going to be it, man. I love it. Yeah, we take guitar lessons and stuff over at Hochstein together, man. He's my best friend. We play WWE together, even though he cheats all the time. Like, oh, Dad, I sorry I didn't mean to hit you. Like, you little shit. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you go to bed 20 minutes earlier for that one. So yeah, that's right. You. He's like, screw it. I'm going to beat you, Dad. Right. <laughs> Dude, that is, uh, so I have a son that's 20 and a daughter's 24. I'm going to tell you, I don't have to give you a piece of advice because you are on the road that you know that every second next to him is the right thing. Oh, right? for like, sure. Thank you, man. No, I mean, my son and I have climbed 20 of the high peaks in Adirondacks together. Dead 
That's so dope. Most people don't understand what that exactly means. Like you're packing gear with your your kid in the car beforehand, right? You're you're preparing. You're going to the store with him. You're planning the food with him, right? You have to then set up your tent to make sure both you and him are not going to get attacked by bears or coyotes or like there is so much people don't think about like and then it's the actual hiking. Then it's the actual getting the right gear on, wearing the right shoes, making sure he's hydrated, food. Right. He was eight years old when he did his first high peak. That's wild, bro. So he basically did one to two peaks a year up until the time he was like 15 and then he was like, all right, I got to do some other stuff now dad but those moments him and i's relationship i just had a great talk with him this weekend and and it's those moments that built up to that talk i had this weekend if that makes sense yeah no every one of those little trips yeah man yeah absolutely i completely feel that it's just all little right pieces where it's like he gets a little bit more this time sees a little bit more this time and they come to their own little understanding of why it's like that and they put their own spit on it it's like all right Cool, and you converse them, and it's different levels every time you talk, because you know they go from like this mushy, screaming pile of baby meat that's just pooping and burping and crapping and crying to like a person that's like, "Hey, Dad, I kind of like this, or I don't like this, or you know, hey, this is pretty cool. Check this out, or I want to do this." And it's like you're your own human with your own opinions and your own likes and dislikes, and it's it's an awesome person, like because you have morals and you're good hearted and you do good things, like. I'd be friends with you. <laughs> like, it's, isn't that great? When you know you're both my kids, I would be friends with them if they were my kids. Right. Like, that's that's an awesome feeling. Yeah, it's so cool. It's like, all right, you know what? I've messed a lot of things up, but I think I did all right with you. <laughs> Sweet. How fun is it to look at him and see what parts of your personality he has and what parts of his mom that he has? Oh, man, it's hilarious. It's how do they mix together? I mean, dude, is it a good mix? It, it ends up being a good mix because his mom... His mom is awesome. We we known each other for a real long time. We were actually married before. She's we, you know we, like every relationship we were together for like nine years. We you know you go through your rough patches and your bad patches, especially when you go to divorce and you know custody and all that stuff. Like mm-hmm. it's just a bunch of stuff that people don't mean and dumb things happen. Yeah, but, of course, situations. You yeah. know, fortunately, we were both able to realize, hey, before all this, we were still friends. We're raising this awesome little dude together. We might as well make it a good one for him. And plus, she got the scumbag that she was living with, who was addicted to hard drugs, like pills. Like we found dollar bills rolled up where he was smoking pills and oh, just a whole bunch of crazy, just a just a jackass of a human being. Uh-huh. Like, constantly trying to get between me and my kid or whatever. But he's gone. Her head's straight. She's got her own business. She's doing good. We converse. We're friends. We we crack jokes to each other. We hang out with our kid together. I mean, she's even got a new guy that she's pregnant by, and he's a nice guy, too. Like, mm-hmm. just... It, it's nice and it's easy. My kid doesn't have to feel weird or anything. Like everybody's just cool with each other. Like we don't even really have custody like times that we follow. It's just like, all right, Wednesday I'm taking him overnight and I'll take him to school in the morning and you pick him up on a Friday. But it's just, we just go by here. Okay, you want to come over, play some video games or pick him up, we play some video games. You want to go to your mom's? Cool, go to your mom's, have fun. Here, take a lunch with you. That's the way it's supposed to be. Dude, it's so much better. And, and when the kids feel like they have some say in the matter, instead of it being being a regimented thing, right. it, it takes away all the stigma of the divorce. It totally does. Like, he can see that his, his dad and his mom are friends. You know what I'm saying? Like, uh, it, it, it's a very, 
it's a weird family, but it's an awesome family that works. You know what I'm saying? Like, I can hit her up whenever and be like, yo, Nick, I'm having a problem. Or, yo, Nick, you know, this is what's going on. I need I need you to take Attila or I need to take Attila or we need to switch a day over here. On this day, I got to go out of town and blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. And it's like, yeah, that's cool. I got to work till nine tonight. So just have him till, we, you know, I'm done doing this person's hair and I'll pick him up. All right, cool. All right. You know what I'm I'll get the lunch ready tomorrow. You get, you know, it's just, it's easier that way and it's better for everybody. There's no negativity between us. We always going to butt heads a little bit here and there. But it's never perfect. Yeah, right. it's never perfect, but we're humans and we're the opposite sex. We're gonna butt heads. It's yeah. just it, it's in stone that's gonna happen. But no matter how mad we get, we always know like we got no choice but to accept and work with each other because we're trying to raise the best kid we could possibly raise. Amen. And, and I preach it. My ex and I, uh, you haven't listened to the episode before, but uh, we did 50-50 custody with my kids. So we Dope. had a full week either way. Uh, and this was the text I got from my ex on my birthday. Happiest of days to you, my friend. That's dope. That's for my ex-wife. Like, if I'm getting that for my ex-wife, there's something I've done right in my life at this point where she thinks about me, reaches out to me, and and we've for raised sure. two great kids together. I, Oz and I, I, Oz is gonna have that same text in ten years from his ex. Dude, because I get Oz messages is on that from road. all the time. Everybody else out there, please put things in perspective with your damn relationship with your ex, and remember, there's two, three, four people that matter. Your damn kids. That's it. Yeah. For sure. You got to love your kid more than you hate each other at that moment. Oh, God, that's so true. You know, because you, you're going to hate each other at some point in time, but you got to know that's a temporary feeling because, you know, if you have a child together, that's a bond that you can't really, you can't put a price or a time on. That's a forever thing. And if you both share that same bond, that share the same love towards one individual, there's got to be a time where you got to let that negative stuff go. You can't grow something positive out of negative feelings and emotions. You can only grow positive stuff out of positive stuff. If you're nurturing and you're helping each other and you're being positive towards each other, that's going to help you grow and nurture a positive person and a human being. And don't be selfish. Don't yeah. accept someone else's generosity and be selfish in return. Pass sure. it on. Even if it's not to that person, to someone else, pass that karma on. For sure, man. Have to. All right. Uh, 18 years in, uh, or so in the club industry. Yeah, for sure. Tell me about the drug scene. The perspective I want to talk about for the podcast is too many people in life are against the cannabis plant, but I guarantee most any stories we have negative in the club scene regarding drugs have nothing to do with cannabis and probably have nothing to do with psychedelics. What what do you see as a, if there's problems in that scene or if you've seen in the past or different trends? Tell me a little bit. Give me a little. Yeah, you know, the only time we's ever a problem in the in like the club night or like that type of scene is if you drink too much and then you try to smoke a joint. Just point blank, don't drink. You don't you don't want to combine things. It's just not a good idea. Pick one or the other. Don't get hammered drunk and be like, I'm going to go smoke this joint because you're going to boot your face off. <laughs> What's going to happen, the room is going to spin. It's not a good night for anybody. At least have a bucket near you or be to a place where you get to a bathroom, you're going to throw up is what's going to happen. Don't do it. Read the rules before you party, okay? Um, there's a reason for that, though, Oz. We can kind of tell them there's actually a reason why that happens. Why because that cannabis happen? tries, to, when it gets in your system, your eyes get red. And I've been told this by smarter people than me, so I'm not reciting this. When your eyes get red when you get high, yours probably don't very often. Mine don't at all anymore. Like, nobody knows I'm high by my eyes because I have no toxins in my body. 
I drink tequila slightly, one to two drinks, maybe a night, and I eat very clean. So what happens is when you smoke that joint, it is trying to get that alcohol out of you as quick as possible. It's basically turning your body against you. Oh, really? I did not know that. So that's why it trips the the spins and all that, because basically alcohol wants to get rid of the toxins in your body when it enters you can't does. So it's just pushing it through the process faster. It just wants to fucking get that shit out of That makes complete sense. I mean, I've seen people with problems with, I mean, there's... I wouldn't even call it Coke anymore. There's some garbage out there here oh, and there. But, I mean, yeah, we. I do want to mention, talk about that further, but go ahead. Yeah. And then like the pills and stuff, but a lot of people that do pills and like downers and like the heroin, the opiates and stuff like that, aren't, you don't really find, that's not really a club crowd. Clubs more like, you know, they're eating an Adderall or drinking energy bowls and they're doing stuff like that because we don't, we don't accept that garbage at, at one night club. Like, it's a clean place. It's a family-owned establishment. Nobody messes around like that. Like, they have zero tolerance for it. You get caught in the bathroom, you're getting yanked out by your collar. Like, it's just not, we don't play that game. Yeah, no, and that's the way it should be. I mean, yeah, and Adderall is a pill that keeps you awake a little bit. kind of gives you the feeling of Coke. I just, someone just taught me that a little while ago. I never dabbled in Adderall before. Um, I, I don't know what the best thing is if you need to stay awake at, late at night to dance. I don't know, maybe dance earlier. Man, I'm a Mountain Dew fiend. <laughs> Yeah, a little sugar, I guess. Yeah, Bro. temporary, just stay awake. But uh, yeah, I mean, everything in moderation, obviously. Yep. See, that's one of the things, like when I watch what I eat, like Mountain Dew for me, like I've got like a good six to eight hour period where I can eat. So I'll drink one of these. I might have like a Coke later on. Like that's my thing. That's my, my bad things that I eat is my sugar. Then the sugar is freaking terrible. It's so bad. But when, but when you're generally taking care of your body... I, I'm a firm believer. You you can you have your cheats, right? You should build in cheats because otherwise, why are we living if we got to oh, be so sure. disciplined? Where for you're sure. eating cardboard and greens and spinach <laughs> and freaking right, the essentials of living. It's not yeah, what it's for about, sure. right? Uh, spiritual grain, right? I leave my spiritual grain on this on this planet. Yeah. That is my goal. What, what, what's your what, what future? What what kind of carrots do you have out there? What what are you thinking for the future that you would like to have people know you about? Or I mean, you're not going to be a promoter, club promoter for another thirty years. So so, what do you see as your future, brother? What do you, yeah, the way do you it worked care? out, it might happen. Jesus. Hey, that's okay. <laughs> uh, no, but what I want to do is I'm bringing up your other stuff now. Yeah. So um, you you have you host uh you are co-host of a, a radio show, right? Yeah, we actually uh, picked up two shows. So I picked up one over uh, at 6 p.m. to 7 p.m. I believe it is on Mondays, and then Thursdays, eight to nine or nine to ten. I forgot the oh, days. Oh, the Beyond the Pole. Yeah, uh, yeah. So not Beyond the Pole. This is for for my own. Oh, series. cool. Yeah. Okay. So it's um it's gonna be right before Beyond the Pole, uh, with Katrina. Shout out Katrina. She's awesome. Um, and the first one is gonna be like an after drive, like evening. It's gonna be more of a business oriented, like entrepreneurs. Uh, people out there on the move. It's called. I won't say the name yet. It's okay. Yeah. Don't no, no Don't reveal anything. But uh, so that's pretty cool. So you're gonna try and bring, and it's gonna be a radio yep. show on Rochester Free Radio, correct? Yep, for cool. sure. And then Excellent. the other one's gonna be more of a nightlife Thursday night club oriented entertainment nightlife oriented situation. I love that idea too. We need that. Yeah, for sure. Thank Huge. you. Thank you. I'm excited for that one for sure. I got some cool names rocking for that. Uh, I got to go to New York City this Saturday. I got booked to do a radio, or a virtual reality. TV show with people that did the graphics and the VR for Star Wars are going to video map my body and I'm going to go on like a tour. How the heck did you get? To, that's awesome. The uh, the producer I was telling you about from VH1, she uh-huh. hit me with this and she's like, yo, audition. I was like, bet. So I auditioned and I nailed it. And so I got to go out there and yeah, I got to go do this. Like, oh, you lucky. Oh, I can't wait to see this. Right. Man. So I get oh. to be in like all VR'd out and like little bubbly shirt and stuff oh. like that. Yeah. Oh, how cool. Stoked about that for sure. Oh, that would be a bucket list thing for me to do something like that. Yeah, it's wild. And then just other random stuff. I'm doing a cell phone 
phone at Internet Store off of Ridge Road with Fix My PC. So we combined, we're going to be our own authorized dealership. Uh, one nightclub's going amazing, man. We're going to renovate that place. So I'm gutting it out. We're going to do a whole different concept in there, like very geared towards several themes in a row. So good. That's a good. We need that. Yeah, we need that. I'm about the turn. It's going to be. It's it's called a black box concept. It's a, it's a the concept I came out for a club design and layout. That's going to be kind of like a movie studio. So when you're done with it, I want to have you back on and I want to talk about it, like how you do it and everything. Yeah, I for can't sure. Because sure. I, I want to introduce different things to Rochester because I'm a firm believer Rochester needs a place, a center place for people to dance where they know pretty much from the time they get out of work at four o'clock to two in the a.m., they can find some live music. And why I say that is right now, Rochester's geared 10 to 2 for music, generally speaking. There's some venues out there you get happy hour and that kind of stuff. But if you are seriously someone like, uh, let's say my sister, my aunt's, uh, we like to go out, have dinner, maybe drink someplace, right? But we want to dance. So now we're trying to set up the jukebox to put some songs on so we could go take over a small dance floor at a bar. There's no place. That's because if we knew there was a place to go where there'd be some a DJ or some live music from 4 to 8 o'clock, we would go. Like, my family would, would join in. We need some place to where everybody in town can say, I want to dance. This is where I go because I know there'll be someone there dancing. That's a cool concept, man. I dig that. We have the whole downstairs. Um and uh, with the downstairs, I'm going to do like a speakeasy thing. And Billy okayed that. So we're going to have I was a, hoping someone would do that. Like a, a oh, fake a wall idea. to walk in that you got to know somebody to get in or something along those lines. So it's going to be. And that, and how you have that set go down like that, you could easily do it there perfectly. Yeah. I yeah. love that entrance there. Thank you, man. That's Thank a great you. idea. So, I just saw my first one of those in Albany. I think it was I saw one in L.A. and New York City, and I had to walk through a fridge, like a 1960s like retro oh, fridge, and I'm sweet. like, yo, what is this? We walked in, it was in L.A., and uh, it was with Nickel Fields, and so we walked through this fridge, and there's this like big club, and I'm like, yo, this is fire. We definitely have to have something like that in Rochester. Yeah, it was so dope. Now, the other thing, Oz, I have a question for you. I don't think there's enough live music... Um, Venues for, uh, Rochester's filled with great musicians. Like we have Eastman School of Music. We have so many more musicians than it seems like venues. So uh, why isn't there a venue where people can just book time and be in a room and play? So let's say you're a high school band, right? And you're playing in your garage and you want some kind of room for a couple hours for you and your high school buddies to show up after school from like four to six o'clock one afternoon. Is there any place in Rochester like that right now? Um, just a, uh, to have like a little performing area, just yeah, like yeah. a so, live type of yeah, yeah. So like, how about this? Imagine a club that would have like a, a, a open schedule, right? So you schedule heavy music, but then you on those openings, you let people come in and interview and take time and just have your space for that time. There's still what's the drawback? To that? Almost, but you you schedule. So uh, my let's say you're a college band, you can't get a, a venue, and you want right. to you want to run from like six to eight o'clock on a, a spring break week. You can just go to my website, go to the website of the club, put yourself in, you know, all you got to do is have a quick interview, answer a couple of questions, and you get that space for two hours to play your music. I mean, if there was a way to contact all the musicians and stuff like that, like, that'd be fantastic. Like, getting them sourced to where they feel comfortable to play. Mm -hmm. uh, the logistics on what type of instruments that you'd be allowed to have in there or, or you'd be able to have, be equipped to mm -hmm. to play with would be important. Uh, the dynamics of the speakers, because you can't play like a rock like you do. Acoustic uh, versus rock. Right, yeah. so that it'd have or to be club. like different setups. So mm -hmm. jumping between would be difficult in genres, but if you lined it up where it'd be like one genre one night, 
Oh yeah, like I have a theme. Right. So yeah. another genre, another night, another mm-hmm. genre, another night. That might be a little bit more feasible. Interesting. Yeah. Thank you. No doubt. These, these are the things because I know personally, I want to dance when I want to dance. Right. For not sure. when not when a club is open. Not when a restaurant has a band that I want to listen. I want to freaking dance, dude. So you're you're a very big exception to the rule because how many people <laughs> do you know that don't care who they're with? I mean, I'll go to the theater alone, and I'm guessing you're the type of person I'll go to the theater by yourself. Have lunch oh, by I'll yourself. go anywhere by myself. See, exactly. I, I, well, I'm not technically by myself. I'm with a bunch of human beings on this planet. Exactly. <laughs> Thank you. And you're always, there's always new people and always new friends, but that's not everybody. I'm aware. No. So when you go to the club, you just want to dance. You don't care who's with you. You don't care who's watching. You don't care what's going on. You just want to freaking go out there and dance. There's probably like a handful of those I know, guys. Isn't that crazy? I know. Yeah, I know Marer. I know. So there's a handful yeah. of those people. You know, everybody else needs their crew. Everybody else needs their alcohol right. to get glue gassed up to get out there. Right. But I do come a family that all of us are like that. Like, like basically, I'm from the family where if my aunts and my sisters and all of us are out and we're seriously at a bar, and next thing you know, one of us puts a jukes box on, every single one of us is going to that open floor. Like that's, that's just awesome, dude. That's. That's, that's really, how we always really been. cool environment to grow up in, man. It was, well, Smith Flower Shop. So my, I told you my grandfather's flower shop. I've told the story in the past, but basically my grandfather was kind of, not a tyrant because he loved to have fun, but uh-huh. in his space, like he, everybody had to do their thing. We had, it was a family. So from the time right. I was born, I was in the family business, expected to be an adult, but we sang and danced all day, every day. That's so cool. That's all we did. That's so cool, man. None of us play an instrument. None of us, it's our good singers, but... We all like to dance. So you would see my mom and my two aunts at the wood platform, the three and a half foot tall plat, old wood platform with the plywood on it that they made all the flowers on. And you'd be watching their butts wiggling while they're making flowers. Like that's how they arrange flowers. Dude. I'm that's not, really cool, man. Yeah. So that's, that's in a nutshell why I am who I am. Like, dude, I would be bopping down the hallway with flowers back and forth. Like he was a six year old, you know, like that's cool. It's tough not to have that ingrained in you. Yeah. That's, you got to get in with the early man. Like, uh, my kid, when it comes to his music, he's got his own music taste. He loves my friend's band, like uh, Outlier. Joey Arena is his freaking idol. He's got a picture of him on his wall. What's like, the name of the band again? Say it again. Outlier. Okay. Uh, O-V-T-L-I-E-R. So okay. his name is Joey Arena, and it's a dope band. And they're like metal, rocky, and it's fantastic. My kid idolizes this guy, so he puts him in his music videos and all this other stuff. Like he's, like he's, He came to a, a music video the other day with me, and... Uh, my kid walks in because he played one of the roles, and then he's like, "Joey, is is that you?" And Joey stopped for a second because he was like, "What am I wearing? Like my mask or something like that?" <laughs> it's like no, just because the kid's like, "Like, oh my god, it's Joey freaking Arena!" <gasps> oh, right? Yeah, I right. love this guy. So and he always treats him so good, man. He always treats him so nice, and they're gonna let him perform April sixth. Oh wow! Yeah, how so cool! His favorite song. He's gonna get to perform with his with his favorite band on oh, April. I can't 6th. wait to meet your son already. Dude. Thank you, man. He's, he's, he's gonna be a, a great kid. Trip. I can imagine. All right, so we're winding this up. You've been a great guest today. Tell me all the all the social media places people can find you. Tell them why they should come to Rochester, why they should go to Club One. Give give us their whole rundown where they can find you. Yeah, Rochester is just a great place. Rochester is beautiful. It's got its 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 own eclectic thing, man. And the food here, you can't beat the food here. Our produce is some of the best in the country. You can't touch our tomatoes. You can't touch our our vegetables. You can't touch that stuff. Uh, When it comes to barbecue, we're beasts. Our food here is. Is amazing. We we have some of the best food on the planet, hands down. I'm not even gonna mention the garbage plate. That's just that's just knowledge. You gotta have that already. But the food regularly here, we we can compete with anybody. Um, the entertainment life is getting better and better every day. One nightclub is like the only million dollar nightclub in the city, and we're 
giving it a facelift on top of that. Um, new acts, new events, new new everything. It's just going to be fantastic over there. Um, and the people on a gen- generality roster is just pretty good place. Like I love it, man. I love being from here. It's a good place to raise a family. I don't think it's a good place to be single, but it's a good place to raise a family. It's yeah. a little tough to be single, I think, here. But other than that, I really love Rochester, all aspects of it. That makes sense, man. You can find me all over the place. You can find me on Facebook. It's Oz Toza. And you can find me on Instagram, Ozzy in. Uh, same thing. I think my Snapchat is around. I, I haven't logged into it for a minute. But yeah, Ozzy in all over the place, man. That's where I'm at. Find him, and uh, he also is the co-host of the Beyond the Pole radio. Now, uh, let's talk about Rochester Free Radio real quick. Oh, for sure. Uh, um, what station? How do they find it? What's the call it's letters? It's 106.3. Uh, it's, it's more of an upstate New York thing, but you can get it on a free app. I mean, it's, it's like literally like two touches away. It's absolutely free. It's super simple. 106.3, rochesterfreeradio.com is a free app in your Play Store and your Google Store. All that's ready to rock. And the name and roll. of the app is Rochester Free Radio. Is that RochesterFreeRadio.com, man. Super simple, super easy to use, and you can listen to all the radio and stuff we got going on, man. Now, are you guys still affiliated with the Armed Forces Radio as well? Yeah, Katrina is with uh, Beyond the Pole. Mm-hmm. So anytime Beyond the Pole, absolutely, it's the Armed Forces Network, all that good stuff. And the, the two shows you got two possibly coming up for you, right? Yep, that's I got two at? coming up. It's going to be on Mondays and Thursdays. The Monday one's going to be more of like a positive living type show. Um, you know, these business tips, people that are on the rise, businesses on the rise in Rochester, tech tips, stuff like that. And the Thursday night show is going to be more of a going out like DJ infused type party situation. And both shows are needed in Rochester. So when they do come up, I will make sure I put them on my affiliated links. So Dope. for those of you that don't know, at hempflatics.com, I have gear, I have sweatshirts, I have t-shirts, I have bumper stickers. Uh, I also have it tied to PayPal, make it easy for everybody. Uh, number two, I have all my affiliate links. So all my businesses and people that are on that I care about, I have them on those affiliate links. You will see and CBD supply on there soon. And you will see Oz's social media sites on there nope. as well, as well as the radio, um, the schedule when they come out. So yeah, I appreciate it, man. Thanks for having me. It was a great conversation. Great time. I'm, I'm excited to do this 420 event with you guys, man. Oh, I can't wait. That's going to be awesome, man. For those of you who are bored, 420, make sure you're in Rochester. Get to Club One. We're going to have a nice big event, and we're definitely going to celebrate the cannabis plant and the fact that very soon, maybe by then, we'll know the exact date of New York becoming legal as well. For sure, man. Yeah, we'll cross our fingers, but if not. Uh, again, thanks, Oz Tozan, and, and for all my listening Thank public. You, from Oz and me, get off the couch. Tell them what yeah, do you need to do. Get off the couch and just do something, anything. No matter what it is, just do something. Go have an experience. For sure. Please go pinch yourself every day so you know you're alive. Get uncomfortable. If you're not, then you definitely are not expanding that soul of yours. Yep, you're doing it wrong, homie. Stretch it. For sure. All right, bye, everybody. Thank you. Peace.